thank you for listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. Well, it is a joy to be together. Um, And it's a joy to be able to bring God's word this morning. So let's take a minute and pray. As I pray, I just want to encourage you not to just like do it as routine because routines are very good. They're very healthy for us unless they lose their meaning, unless they lose their reality. And so when we pray, we're talking to God. We're asking God to do something in our hearts or in our lives. And so just remind you that when we bow our heads and fold our hands or however you do it when you pray, Maybe one of those people that doesn't close your eyes. People don't even know you're praying. You're just looking around, talking to God. That's cool. Except we must remember the beautiful reality that when we pray, the Bible says God listens. As a matter of fact, he already knows what you're going to say, but he loves to hear your words. He loves the words that you choose. He loves you just taking the moment to express your attention, your affection, even your needs. To him. God loves that. And so when we pray, and we should pray regular, how many people come to the park? Man, you got to come to the park. Please, please come to the park and pray. Put on your calendars right now. Maybe not now we're going to pray, but when I'm preaching, just pull up your phone. It's okay. Put it on your calendar. God loves it. So let's, let's pray to him. Heavenly Father, we're grateful that, like the psalm says, I love you because you hear my prayer. Lord, we love you too because you hear our prayers and for so many other reasons. You've forgiven our sins. You've promised to never leave us or forsake us. You're always with us. You're closer than a friend. Thank you, God, that, Lord, you even promised to let your word do a powerful work in us. We want that today. We don't want the Bible just to be an extra thing. We want it to be a central thing in our lives. And, Lord, sometimes we don't understand it, so we need you, Lord, We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would quicken revelation and the reality of heaven and the realness of the kingdom of God in our lives, in us. Lord, so we might not just hear it and forget, but that we might live it, that we might just incarnate it, that it might be living and real in us. That's our prayer. It's our hope, and we know you can do that. So we pray it in Jesus' name. Together we said, amen. Amen. So today, um, today's fun. Um, the, the title of the sermon is called Always on My Lips. Always on My Lips. And it comes from a verse, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Joshua 1.8. How many people know Joshua 1.8? Yes. Very good. Um, I'm going to take this same poll when the service is over, and you're all going to know Joshua 1.8. Let me read it to you. It'll be on the board. Um, Joshua 1.8 says this. Keep this book of the law referring to the Bible. Actually, it was the Torah. It was the first five, but we can understand it to be in our whole Bible now. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Amen? How many people know the Bible? God's desire for the Bible in your life is so that you might be prosperous and successful. Who wants that? 
All right, so in order to have that, you need to always be able to keep this book on your lips to meditate on it. And you can't meditate on it, you can't keep it with you always unless you know it by heart. So this morning, we're going to commit this one to memory, right? Why not? We'll do it as a group, right? And so here's how we're going to do it. This is how it happened when I was in youth group many years ago. Some of you were there. Uh, We're going to repeat it over and over together, increasing the words as we go. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the first round, I'm going to say, keep this book of the law always on your lips. That's a full sentence almost. But I'm going to ask this section here to say that. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Keep listening. Very good. Good. Balcony? I know, you're small but mighty up there. Well done. All right, we're getting a good start. Now we're going to add to that. Ready? Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Always on your lips. Meditate on on it day and night. Good. Book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. That was sloppy, but good. Okay. Keep with it. They're like so spread out over there, they can't even hear themselves. All right. Round three. You ready? Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything within it. I know. You got it, though. I I have confidence in you. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything within it. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything within it. Keep this book of the law, lips, meditate on it day and night, that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Take that down! I, I messed up a word. Written in it, thank you, okay. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it, day and night, so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. How you feeling? Feeling good? We are not done yet. All right. This is the easy, fun part. You got to end with gusto. Ready? Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. 
Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Ooh, I like that one. Okay. I have great confidence in this section. <laughs> Keep this book of the law. Let's go, Augusto, up there. I think the team kind of fell off, Manny. All right. I think, I think we've kind of got, let's do it all together as a church. And we've, 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 we've memorized it, right? Are we there? All right, let's do it. You're like, really? No, we, we got four more verses just like this to do. All right, all together now. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Woo! I just want to say that went a lot better than it did at my kitchen table yesterday. <laughs> Luke, am I, did I make it? Okay, we're kind of. Listen, I want to just, I want to talk about always on my lips, how the scriptures are so important to be central to our lives, everybody at every age. That you, I learned that verse, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, meditate on it day and night that you will be careful to do everything written in it, then you'll be prosperous and successful. That's the old NIV, the 2000, or the 1998 NIV. I memorized that when I was 17 years old in youth group. And I have remembered it. It has been a part of the soundtrack of my mind ever since. For the last, whatever, 35 years, did I my math right? 35 years? How old am I? Uh, 25 years, whatever. I'm 51. Someone do the math for me, shout it out. How many? For the last 75 years, that has been going through my mind why? Because the Word of God is a way in which the Word of God has become central to me. And to the extent that I can remember Scripture, that I can read it, of course, but also remember it, is the extent to which I can have it always on my lips. Because how many people know that certain situations, you don't have time to pull your Bible out? Or in social situations, it's awkward to pull out your Bible and be all weird with people, be all preachy at them. But you need to be able to bring out God's word because it's so important to your success in life. And so having God's word on our lips is important. And memorizing it is one important way to do that. You know, I think we take for granted that we know God. We just take God for granted. Like, yeah, we go through our lives and God's always there. When we think about him, when we don't think about him, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. And we take for granted the scriptures, our Bibles. How many people have more than one Bible? Right? How many people don't have any Bibles? I'm going to get you one right now. Yeah. 
Pull out your phones a second. If you have an Apple iPhone, let's do a little competition. We're going to call this Screen Time versus Bible Time. You know there's an app on your phone right now that'll actually look up Screen Time? Yeah, go to Settings. The ninth one down is called Screen Time. Go ahead, open your phone. Don't check Facebook. Hit Screen Time. Now, you're lucky because Screen Time resets on Sunday morning. So how much time have you spent on your screen today? Shout out a number. Seven hours, what? 39 minutes, good. Some of you haven't been on your phone yet. All right, now you do that. Go ahead and tap your name, your iPhone, and you'll go to the next screen where it says like Dave Prince's iPhone. Tap that and then hit the seven day one. How much time last week did you spend on screen time, on your screen? Yeah, some of you are embarrassed to say. Lori, how many hours? Four hours, 32 minutes. Okay. How many hours? Now, that's the, this is like the daily average. That isn't the total. That's the daily average. So look at your daily average. I don't use my phone very much. Those of you who text me and I don't reply right away, you know that's true. And mine was like an hour and 45 minutes a day last week. And I think of that, I think, okay, how many people feel a little bit of conviction right now that your screen time is kicking Bible time's butt? How much Bible time do we have last week? Hour and Do you have your Bible time on there? Dang, you just, you're always ahead of me, Dean. I love that. All right. So an hour and four minutes last week. That's great. I applaud that, Dean. Well done. But sometimes when we actually stop and think how much time we spend on other things versus how much time we actually spend opening God's word and reading it or even just thinking about it and memorizing it, what's your time? Okay, very cool. All right. My point is this. We can't take the Bible for granted. We have to make it a part of our regular lives. We have to be able to read it, and we should take time. We should memorize a little bit. We should get those things in us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How many people just admire folks that can quote a scripture? Yeah, I do too. I really admire those people. You know what? No, who else I admire? I admire people that they can't quote it word for word because I'm not always good with word for word, but they can say the gist of it, the heart of it. They get the heart of God from the scriptures. They know what the Bible says and they're able to kind of even just say it in their own words, but it's consistent with what the Bible says. That's meditating on God's word, that those concepts are in our minds. Because let me tell you something very truthfully. Something will shape your heart. Something will shape your mind. There's wind blowing in the world, and your heart and your mind will become eroded and shaped by something. That's why Psalm 1 says, right, blessed is the man who does not what? Walk in the counsel of the wicked. That's what that means, is if you listened to people, ungodly people, saying ungodly things, even if it sounds good, that will shape your mind. So blessed is a person who doesn't walk in, in the council. What other people are always saying, what the world's saying, what, what wicked people are saying in our minds is shaped by that. Right? Blessed is the man who does not what? Stand in the way of sinners. 
So you start listening to what everyone says, pretty soon you know, you're like you're standing with them, you start to agree. Like at first you're just like, well, people say the most crazy things, you know, and they say that, you know, it doesn't matter if, you know, we care for the stranger. It doesn't matter if we um, care about the unborn, right? It doesn't matter if we lust it. It's okay to look but not touch. Those are wicked worldly things. You hear those things enough and you're like, well, I don't know what I think of it. But if you, if you walk in that council, soon you're standing in that position. You've begun to agree with that. And you're mad at everybody. Or you're judging everybody. And you're like, yeah, you know what? It's up to whatever you want to do. You want to have an abortion or support abortion, this or that. And I'm not trying to be political, but that's, that's a biblical issue about life. About defending the weakest among us, the unborn. That's important. But you start walking in the council of people, pretty soon you're standing in that position. You agree with it. And then the next step is even worse. Sitting in the seat of scoffers. Then the next step is you're encouraging others to also be that way. You are then becoming the council of the wicked. It says, but. So blessed is the man who doesn't do those things. Don't listen to all the sinful worldly stuff that goes on there. Don't start to agree with it. And certainly don't pull people, other people into it. But it says, but. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree. He's like a tree who's planted next to streams of water. His leaves, they never wither. Everything he does prospers. You go through the Bible, front to the back, and it says, you want to prosper in your life? You want to be successful in your life? You plant yourself in the word of God. Yeah. But I, I think in today's world, we just substitute the word of God with all kinds of other ideas and wisdom and snippets and tweets and Twitters and memes and all these different things. They become wisdom to us. When what we should do as people of heaven, we should root and ground ourselves in the words of heaven. God has given us his word. Like the psalmist says, I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Is God's word hidden in your heart? Is it in that deep place? Do you think about it? Do you talk about it? Do you pray these words back to God? To the extent that I do, I am blessed and I prosper and I'm successful. To the extent that I don't, I wander off into my own strength and I get tired and frustrated and exhausted. And the world seems too big. If you have yourself planted on the word of God, I mean, Jesus said it in, in such a beautiful way. If you obey these words of mine, Jesus said, right, Matthew, you're, you're tracking with me after he does his great sermon. If you live your life on my words, you're like a man who builds his house on a rock. Storms come, the winds blast, the waters threaten, but the house stands firm. And if you don't build your life on Jesus' words, on God's word. You're like a man who builds his house on the sand. You got a lot of Twitter followers. You're up to date on your Instagram. You got plenty of pop culture, fake wisdom. But when the winds come and when the storms crash down on you, your house will collapse with an explosion. 
Because the word of God will make you fruitful and it'll also make you durable. How many people long to be durable in their life? You know what? The world is hard. It's a lot of things go on. Sometimes I feel good. Sometimes I feel bad. But I want this durability in my heart, in my life, so that when things are great, great, I enjoy it. And when things are hard, I'm not Miss Fussy Pants all the time, or I'm not Mr. Crabby, angry guy all the time. You know what? There's a durability to my heart because I've planted my life on God's word. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? But tomorrow morning's coming, and you're going to make this goal to get up a half hour earlier, not so you can get more phone time, but so you get more Bible time, and you will be challenged, because you're going to hit that snooze button and say, well, I can just pray on my way to work. <laughs> Let me just say this. If you want to be a man or a woman who is in God's word, whose God's word is always on your lips, you need to have a time and a place where you sit and you read God's word, and you meet with him. You need to have a time, you've got a time and a place. Like, that's my spot. That's where I meet with God. I remember a friend of mine, he's an elder at uh, Mercy Hill, John Hamster. He used to be an elder here. He was part of the church plant. They redid their house. And I remember him telling me this story years ago. I was, I was in my 20s at the time. He said, I'm so excited about doing our house. And I expected him to say, we picked this new cool paint color, we got some new furniture. He didn't say any of that. He says, I've got this little nook by a window that I have this little desk. I got this little desk, and I put it right by this nook, and now that's my place where I meet with God. That's what he was all excited about. The man redid his kitchen. He extended his porch. He did all kinds of cool and amazing things, but the thing he was super excited to tell me about was I created this little nook where I can get up in the morning, and I won't let my wife touch it. She won't organize it for me. It's my nook. It's my place. And I can meet with God. Maybe you need to go like in the garage or in somewhere in the basement or wherever. Maybe, maybe it's your car. You got a 45-hour commute and you're like, you know what? I put the book, I put, I put the Bible on tape and I, I listen to it for 30 minutes. Who's that guy? McLean that reads the Bible? He's got such a soothing voice. It's like God himself is speaking his words to you. And I listen to that for a little while, and then I take some time, and I just pray, and I commit my family to the Lord. I commit my church to the Lord. I ask God to stretch my life and be more like Jesus. That's good, too. It doesn't even have to be a nice car to do that. But you need a time and a place, yeah? Create a habit. You know this idea of meditating? I mean, I'm not one to like the word meditate. Because my, my mind always goes, oh, and I can't, I can't fold my legs like that. I'm just not limber. And so the whole yoga thing, not my thing. I can't, this is like it. I can touch my shins. Like head and shoulders, knees and shins. <laughs> knees and shins. That's what I can do. No more. So I'm not going to fold up and go, oh, but meditate shouldn't turn you off. The idea of meditation is this idea of, of muttering or speaking or chewing on it, chewing on it, chewing on it over and over. It's this idea that things kind of just sit in your mind and you think about it and they kind of settle on your heart. You meditate on these things. You hold them close to you for an extended period of time. And the idea of having God's word, you can memorize it. I used to have little three by five cards I'd stick in my back pocket. 
I'd write a verse down. My dad has perfected that. He's got like rooms of three by five cards, but I, just a little one. And I'd write a verse down. I'd pull it out every couple hours, stick it back in my pocket. It would help me remember, help me keep my mind on God's word. Another way that I've used to, to meditate on God's word, and you're all going to like this, it's the songs that we sing. Singing scripture songs, not just Christian songs, because like a lot of the songs we sang today, they're commentaries on scripture. They're true, and they're wonderful. They express something great. But there are some songs that actually have the words of scripture in them. And singing those songs over and over are meditating on God's word. Some of you, I'm dating myself a little bit, but some of you will remember the old Amy Grant song, right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Come on, join louder. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You're there right beside me and nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Let's sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my... Come on, kids. You've never heard this song before. Sing it with us. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I will not forget your love for me, and yet my heart forever is wandering. And Jesus, be my guide and hold me to your side. And I will love you to the end. Come on now, big finish. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You're the light. You're the light unto my path. Give yourself a round of applause. You have just memorized a second Bible verse this morning. Come on now. We are on a roll. But that is meditating. Driving around, singing that song over and over again in your mind, meditating on Psalm 119, 105. Meditating on God's word day and night to be careful to do everything that it says for your prosperity and for your success. Isn't it exciting? I love that. I love it. You know, if you meditate, on God's word, if you have God's word hidden in your heart, if it's there and you pull it up and it's a part of the fabric, the very texture of your life, 
you will be able to obey it even when it's hard because it's present and God's word is powerful. It's not just words. Jesus called himself the living word. God's word is living and active. It's powerful. As a matter of fact, it's like a sword that cuts into your ligaments and tendons. It's able to navigate the chaos and the confusion of your life so that you might get free of sin and be more like Jesus. God's word is active. It's powerful. It moves. And if you have God's word in your heart, in your mind like that, and you can recall it, then when those moments come, those hard moments come, when it's time to obey it, you'll be able to do it. Because you will not be trying to obey God's word like it's like a uh, twisting of your arm or like you're just in your own strength or abilities. No, it'll go far beyond your own strength, far beyond your own abilities, because God's word has power. There is power in God's word. And so when something happens, I just threw some illustrations down here. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And when you get sinned against, it's no fun. It's awful. And you just feel anger and resentment. And if you just leave it, sit there and you play nice and try to behave yourself, but leave that anger, leave that resentment, it turns into bitterness and you just become this broken, toxic person. We've all experienced things like that. But if you, if you pull that scripture back to mind, it says, you know what, if I forgive, God's going to forgive me too, and I know I need forgiveness, and I want forgiveness, and, and you appeal to God's grace in it, you watch, you will have the power to forgive. Because suddenly the word of God has pulled you back into the heart of God, and now you get it. You were, you were walking in the counsel of the wicked. They deserve it. You know what, you reap what you sow, you're going to get it, you're going to get it, and I'm going to give it to you. And suddenly, God's word pulls you back into God's heart, and you're like, you know what? I need to forgive like God forgives. I'm going to do it. It's going to be hard, but I can do it. Suddenly, it's possible, right? So many ways. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Those are, that's a hard word. That's a hard word, but if you have that word in your heart, when someone persecutes you, suddenly you remember, back to another scripture, my enemy is not flesh and blood. My enemy is not that person. My enemy is Satan, who wants me to conform to this world and be like him. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be like Jesus, who said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Because when Jesus was on the cross, fully persecuted, he prayed for them. He said, Father, forgive them. So you know, I'm not going to be like Satan. I'm going to be like Jesus. God's word pulls you back into God's heart, and there you have the power to overcome sin. Whew. Isn't that good? Except some of you ain't got any of the word in you. So it's not easy. But if you get, start getting the word in you, you start spending time, time and place. You start meditating a little bit. You start singing a little Amy Grant in your life. You'll be amazed how God brings victory into your situations. You know, um, it ends with, then you'll be prosperous and successful. Joshua, Joshua 1.8 had a big job to do, right? Suddenly, he gets promoted to top guy in the nation of Israel. And Joshua, who's used to being like the support role, who was really good at being a support role, suddenly God says, now you're, a, you're the front man, Joshua. We need you. Be strong. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be dismayed. For what? 
The Lord your God will be with you wherever, 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 wherever you will go. Bum, 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 bum. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Have I not? Come on, do you know that song? These guys do. These are the kids' songs. Scripture songs. They just popped right in my mind. Can't shut it off. Joshua had a job to do. Big job to do. And he didn't feel up to the task. And God says, Joshua, I'll be with you, but listen to me. And he said these words to Joshua, and we're going to say them together. Are you ready? All right, don't put it up yet, Doug. The Lord said to Joshua, what? Keep this book of the law, come on, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You remember. Stand with me. I'm going to just be done here. I want to ask you if while we're standing, you will make a fresh agreement with God. It's okay. Whatever happened in the past, whatever success or failure you had, keeping God's word central in your life, maybe you've never even thought about it before. Maybe you're a young person. Maybe you're eight years old. And this idea of saying, you know what? I need to read God's word, a time and place to meet with God. I need to be talking with God throughout the day, meditating on his word, singing Bible songs, whatever I got to do. Maybe it's a new idea to you. Maybe you're a new Christian or you're just not even sure you're a Christian. But you're thinking, you know what? If God promises to be prosperous and successful, I want to start that. I want to try that. Maybe you're an old man. You're an old dog, and it's time to learn a new trick. I believe in new tricks for old dogs, as long as we're not talking about dogs. I don't really know that much about dogs. But I know old people can learn new things in God. And I know young people can start new things in God. And I know all people need to commit themselves to God's word. And so I'm asking you to make a fresh decision with the Lord today. To keep God's word in front of you. To put God's word in you. So it's on your lips, your heart, and your mind so that you'll be able to obey it because God wants to prosper you. So I'm gonna pray, but I'm gonna encourage you because God's listening to make a new agreement with him to put God's word central in your life and your family's life. Okay, Father in heaven, we love you because like the psalm says, that you hear us when we pray. Lord, you told us not to pray like the pagans who babble on and on, babble, babble, because you already know what we need. But you like to hear our voice. You like us to open our hearts. You want us to draw near. So we draw near now maybe a little tentative, worried about failing again, worried about whether we really have the commitment or conviction to do it, but recognizing that your word is right, recognizing that you do want us to have your word on our lips, always on our lips. But we know that's true. We know that's right. And so, Lord, we come to you and we ask you, Lord, to bring us into a new moment, a new day, where we put your word in front of us. God, where we sing it, where we mutter it, where we talk about it, where we just read it and listen to it. 
that, God, it becomes a part of us, a more primary part of us. So, Lord, we, we commit to you our hearts. We commit to you our best. And whatever we lack, we pray that you would make up the difference. You'd be merciful to us. Lord, on those days where we've just forgotten or we've become too lazy, interrupt us. Interrupt us, God. Have someone call us with a scripture. Bring us back. Or come to, come to mind, Holy Spirit. Bring us back to that place we've set aside for you. And Lord, let us be strong, durable, godly, successful, blessed people as we live our lives according to your word. Thank you for all here today, young and old. Lord, I pray that you would bless. Let your face shine upon us, Lord. In your name we pray. Together we said, amen. amen.